This evening, if you want to turn with me, we're going to be visiting one verse in Psalm 25. Psalm 25, we're going to be looking at verse 11. Um, I, I figure this morning I preached two verses, so this evening I will just preach one and try to see if I can uh, make it even shorter for you this evening. Um, but I, when uh, during our time together in small group, um, we we were talking afterwards, and you know I, I kind of gave away a little bit of the secret sauce, and I, I feel the need to do it even now. Is that when you get a phone call the night before at about eight o'clock that you got to preach twice? Uh, sometimes you use something you've done before, and that's what exactly what I'm going to do tonight, guys. Uh, but nonetheless, it is still God's word, and it's still relevant to us today. And so I'm excited to be preaching Psalm 25, verse 11, to you. Um, and as we kind of work our way through it, um, what we're going to be looking at is this key purpose of God's work of redeeming those whom the Father has called to himself. Uh, simply put, we're, we're going to look at why God saves people. Um, though there's a multifaceted nature to this, we're going to look at kind of the driving factor, the primary reason in which God decides to save anyone. Uh, and really, it's unfortunate, but way too often we, we hear this topic being addressed. Uh, we tend to focus upon the love of God for humanity being the, the soul or the primary motivation of redeeming those whom the Father wills. Really, we really see that the love of God being the primary reason in which uh, people explain God come to save lost souls. And um, don't, don't hear me wrongly, though. God definitely loves his sheep. God's motivation for redeeming them, and that is a part of it. Scripture is clear about that. Um, just a few of them is John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, whoever believes in him, that would not perish but have eternal life. 1 John 3, 1, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God and that we are the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. And then even Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, the reality of it is that God does love sinners uh, and because of that he does redeem people. Um, we really actually see it in the verse before we're, the one we're going to look at this evening in verse 10 of chapter 25 where it says all paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. See, God definitely loves people and that is a reason in which he is motivated to save lost souls. But as we kind of explore this topic even farther, what I really want to ask the question and really answer it for you this evening is what is God's primary reason of saving lost souls? What is motivating God to do this? And if you've kind of cheated and looked ahead a little bit, uh, as we're about to read together in Psalm 25, 11, it's really because it's for his namesake. It's for the glory of God is why God saves people. And so as we explore that, let's look at Psalms 25, verse 11 together. It says, For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, as we reflect on this small and few words of your servant, David, God, allow it to be something that penetrates our heart as well, something that we resonate deeply with, God, because we too need your pardon from our guilt, and it is great. But God, let us rightly understand this evening that it is for your glory and for our good that you redeem us. But God, ultimately, it is for your glory. And God, we thank you for that. There's great joy that can be found in the fact that you are redeeming us because of your perfect will and your son's holy name. Amen. So this evening, as we look at this verse, like I said, it's one verse, so hopefully uh, we won't spend a lot of time here this evening on this. But I do want to kind of approach it out of order. Uh, I want to skip the, for your namesake, O Lord, and I want to jump straight to departing my guilt. And then we're going to look at for it is great, and then we're going to come back to that last statement, for your namesake, O Lord. And so as we approach that, let's begin by looking at this statement. He says, pardon my guilt. Now, when you read Psalms 25, just to kind of use some context. There's 22 verses going on here. This is a specific moment in the life of David uh, where he's really just understanding and trying to develop the, the path of God for his life. And it's this outward expression that he wrote to God and that the church would then later on pray or sing together. Um, but in this psalm, we really see a lot of pleas. We see a lot of crying out to God. Uh, just to kind of read them to you so we don't have to approach all 22 verses. He calls out to God that God would protect me from shame that shame the treacherous to give me guidance to remember your mercy that God would forget his errors that God would bring him out of distress to protect him from shame and that he would redeem Israel meaning that he would redeem his people see David is crying out to God in all of these different ways throughout this psalm and this plea that we read this evening this in verse 11 is no different David's crying out to God he's pleading to God he's asking that God would do something in his life and it's it's this idea of pardoning his guilt. David's crying out to God. He's asking God would pardon his guilt and his guilt. And the reality is this idea of pardoning his guilt is no different than these other things. David likewise needed God to cover his shame. He needed the shame uh, to God to shame the treacherous. He needed God to give him guidance. He needed God to remember his mercy. He needed God to forget his errors and to bring him out of distress and to redeem his own people. See, in the same way, David rightly is seeking after God and rightly seeking after God to pardon his guilt. In this that we see this meaning is that he is seeking after the forgiveness of the Lord from his sins, his iniquities, his transgressions against the Lord, because there is nothing in and of himself that would make these wrong things right. See, David rightly understands in this moment, though we would rightly know that David was a sinful and depraved man just like you and I are, we would really see in this is that David is seeking after God's face and after God's forgiveness. That's what he's crying out here to God. This isn't a simple plea. This is one that was heartfelt into the center of who he was in this moment. He's crying out to God, asking him to pardon my guilt. See, though we know and understand that we can't look at David as his perfect example of morality, 
or godliness that we can we can see the wisdom of the Lord coming through him in this inspired word of God and so we should rightly look at these words of David in such a way that we would ask ourselves how do I now apply this to my life or how is this applicable or how does this inform the way that I live today and by doing that we look at this single verse and we see this single statement in this just brief moment and we should understand that David is calling out for this pardon of sin and this is something that we should take an example in that we too as individuals that have come to Christ in salvation and have been redeemed and have had this true encounter with the gospel that we too should take and continuously seek the pardoning of our sins because we are sinful creatures even after the day that he has redeemed us. Our sins and our rebellious acts separate us from a perfect and holy just creator. The reality is there's two ways in which we really seek after this pardoning. The first one is at our conversion. That we would trust and put our hope in Christ and in Christ alone for salvation. But the second one is that as we continue in this Christian life we're not going to be perfect. But rather we're going to be sinful individuals that need the forgiveness of sin day by day. Moments where we as individuals don't love our spouses the way we do. We were just talking about this as a group. Moments where we don't parenting parent like the way we should. Moments where our old habits come out in the way that we live our lives. So often we too need to seek the pardon of God in our day-to-day lives. The second thing that we see David rightly understands is not that he, not only does he need the pardoning of his guilt, but he understands the depth of his guilt. He says, for it is great. Great meaning this numerous or many. Great meaning this great amount of sin in his life. Great amount of guilt in his life. Now to be clear, even David had only sinned one time. If he had only sinned one time in his entire life, that sin would have had ramifications that were horrific because God is perfect, holy, and a just creator. But the reality is David rightly understood that his sin was not just one act that it was against a holy and perfect God, but rather it was something to the core of who he was. This is really, we, we really see this explored in Romans chapter 5, 20 and 21, where it says, Now the law came to increase the trespasses, but where sin increased, grace abound all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also may reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. See, the reality is sin is something that is reigning deep in each and every one of us. It is to the core of who we are because of our sinfulness and because of our sin nature. We rightly, just like David, should have a great understanding of our sin. And really, the reason why this is so necessary as believers is that we should not think of ourselves so highly that we would think that we would not fall into the same traps that we see so many around us falling into. How prideful would we be to think that I cannot fall into the same sin as even David does in the book of 1 Kings. So, just as David rightly noted about himself, our sin is great, meaning they are numerous, they are great amount of sinfulness in our lives and it is to the core of who we are. But the amazing thing about this is that the grace of God is even greater than all of our sins. That regardless of how, how many times we turn away and we rebel against God as his children, as his believers, then his grace abounds greater and greater and greater and greater. 
Now let's not rightly, let's not wrongly look at this and think that we could freely sin. Paul addresses this so clearly in Romans 6. He says, what shall I say then? Are we to continue in sins that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who have died to sin now live in it? Do you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Will we bury therefore with him by de- baptism into death in order just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father we too may walk in the newness of life? See the reality is that we need God to pardon our sins and that our sins are great. But we still haven't got to the heart of the question Why would God do this? Why would God pardon our sins if our sins are great? Why would he take and forgive people that are undeserving? The reality is that as we have already addressed, yes, he does love his creation. He does love those whom he is pulling to himself. But it is much, much deeper and much more significant than that. He begins this psalm by saying, this verse, by saying, For your name's sake, O Lord. David's plea to God to pardon his sin and the great amount of sin that he has is not in his own merit but rather in the worthiness of God himself. That for God's namesake, for God's glory. We see statements like this throughout the entire just really book of Psalms. Psalms 23.3, Psalms 79.9, 106.8. We see several times where this same phrase is used over and over again. But to use one that's familiar to us would be Psalms 23.3. It says, For he restores my soul. He leads me of path of righteousness for his name's sake. See, just as God leads David on paths of righteousness for his namesake, he pardoned David's guilt for his uh, own namesake. For God's namesake, does God forgive and pardon David's sin? Let's be clear that God's love was not only the only motivation of redeeming those whom he calls unto himself, but rather his primary reason is for his namesake, meaning his own will and his own glory. We really see this exposed in 1 John 2.12. It says, I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven with his name's sake. Or Ezekiel 36.22 says, Therefore, say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. We are no different than the house of Israel in Ezekiel, that our salvation is not based or even merited by our own favor, but rather it is something that God is doing in the life of those he is bringing to himself so that he would receive all glory, honor, and praise. And let's thank God that our salvation is for his namesake rather than our own merit. For if it was based on our own ability or our own merit, then we would rightly and justifiably find ourselves in hell for eternity long. For that is what we have earned for ourselves. But the fact that it is in God's own merit, in God's own salvation, in God's own namesake that we are redeemed and forgiven of our sins, this is great news to us. This is why... When we become believers of Christ, we can confidently say he will not let go of us. That we are redeemed and saved forever because he is the one saving us in his own ability for his own will and for his own glory. 
So therefore, we can trust in Him for an eternity long that He will not grow tired of us or get where we would let go of us or unforgive us for our sins. See, the reality is we look at this single verse where it says, For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. We need the pardon of God from the guilt of our sins for we are not cannot save ourselves for there is nothing in and of ourselves that would earn salvation this is because our sin is great and we are depraved to the core and that our grievous acts towards his perfect and holy name but God being rich in mercy and love decided to redeem unworthy individuals such as you and I for his name's sake this alone should drive us to seek out our purpose in life. If God would lay down his own life so that he could save us for his glory, then how much more should that drive us to seek his glory in the everyday things of life and bring him glory in the way that we love one another, in the way that we seek to glorify his name, the way that we seek to make much of Jesus? See, the reality is he not only saves us for his glory, but he takes sinful, broken, fallen men and women and he uses them to bring others people, other people to his name so that, that he can receive glory in that as well. And so as a church and as an individual, as we come to a close this evening, like I said, I was hoping it would not be an extreme amount of time together in this one verse. That we would rightly understand that salvation is nothing of ourselves, but rather it is for God's glory and God's glory alone. And in that we can find great hope and peace that our salvation is an eternity long. And that alone should drive us to seek his glory above all else in everything that we do. Let's pray. We'd like to thank you for listening to today's episode of the Everyday Ministry Podcast, where we seek to provide quality content first through our full-length episodes that release every first and third Monday of the month, and second, through the Minister's Minute. These are short 10 to 15 minute episodes that release every second and fourth Monday of the month in which one of our co-hosts will seek to answer a specific question related to everyday ministry. If you enjoyed today's episode, we encourage you to subscribe and rate the podcast through the podcast catcher of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and YouTube. Today we pray peace and grace for you through our Lord Jesus Christ. And happy ministry.